Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the latest episode of the WWID Podcast. In today's episode, we get to hear from one of my friends, Josiah Bechtel, as we get to have almost what is a part two of the series of Moses, and we're going to look at him crossing the Red Sea. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as we dig into the scriptures and ask the question, what would I do? Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the latest episode of the WWID podcast. We took about a week break because I was on vacation, but I know that the anticipation was so high to come back. But here we are, we're back. And not only are we back, but we're back with a punch uh, because we have my good friend, Josiah Bachtel, who is here. Uh, Josiah, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Good to be here. Yeah, we. I know you and I have gone back and forth. We've basically been ping ponging uh, some dates to be able to get uh, get you on the podcast, but we finally made it. We did it. Yeah, it's crazy with the kids and everything trying to figure out a good time. And, right. Yeah. Yeah, because you got what three kids, right? Yep. Three, three boys. and then all boys. Yeah. So that's not like a calm house, probably. Oh no. <laughs> no. Uh, but that's fun though. Yeah, I got three kids too. So just managing that time plus ministry and work and all the other things that are taking place. It's like you just kind of throw a dart in the dark and try to hope that we find a spot <laughs> yeah. in the calendar. And so, sure. uh, but Josiah, before we talk about anything of the story you came with, tell us a little bit about yourself. Wh- who is Josiah Bachtel? Yeah, so uh, I grew up a PK. Okay. Uh, my dad was a pastor and um, so... I mean, we, we went to church all the time, Yeah, you know, and uh, grew up in a Christian home. I okay. got two, two brothers, one older, one younger. Yeah, I actually knew, I think it was your older brother Tim. in college. Yeah. yeah. When I when I finally realized the connection of that, it was like, that's crazy, Yeah, which is nuts. Yeah, and, and the funny story is they would always come home on the weekend, him and his college buddies. You <laughs> never came over, but no, they I would didn't. always no. come over. And, we were uh, on the same suite, but I don't think we ever really like connected that way. Yeah, I never got the invite to the Bactel's house. Yeah, <laughs> you would have had fun though. We had a, always had a blast uh, throughout the weekend. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I, I grew up uh, with two brothers and one older, one younger. Uh, we went to church all the time, and then um, as I graduated and and everything, I. Um, I work at the Old Town Public Schools. Okay. Um, so I, I'm still there. This is awesome. my 13th year. Doing wow. That. That's amazing. Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah. And so then um, a few years ago, well, so then uh, I'm going too fast here. So then I met my wife, Courtney. Okay. Um, through church. And Was it your home church then? That's where you met her? Or where did yeah, you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We had a, a sister church kind of in, connected with us. And gotcha. So she was at the the location up in the cities. And okay. So we got got to know each other and ended up getting married and had kids. Um, my oldest is six. There we go. Uh, he's in kindergarten this Come year. Come on. So yes. He's Did he, loving it. Now, is he, was he able to go back into school yeah. in kindergarten? Yeah. They started in September. Oh, and great. And he went, and then they shut down in November Duh. up until January. And then okay. they came back in January. And so. Okay. Those they had an extended Thanksgiving break. Yeah. The, all was, the way through it December. Was rough, let me tell you, because <laughs> uh, we're not, I mean, we're not really homeschool teachers. Sure. We'll just yeah, say yeah. That. Yeah. You say that maybe, and we're not adding to scripture, but blessed are the homeschool teachers that also yeah, should be. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's funny because we have a lot of homeschoolers at yeah. the Faribault campus. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, we, we definitely know what they're going through. Now. Yeah. 
It it's crazy. And then, so how long have you and your wife been married? So we're actually celebrating our ten year anniversary hey, this December. That's amazing! Congratulations. We we just celebrated ten years in March. So we were probably pretty. We were almost a almost a year overlap. I can't do math right now. This is Monday morning when we're recording this, and so my brain's my brain doesn't function Mondays. <laughs> Tuesdays, basically anything with a Y, <laughs> any day that end in a Y, my brain doesn't yeah. function. But okay, so so you grew up in so you grew up in the church. Yep. You grew up going to church. What was your um, mentality towards church? Was there ever like if people heard you were a PK, would you say that you were the classic rebellious PK, or would you say no? Like we we had a healthy view of the church, even though we were there all the time. Like what was your mindset of all that yeah i think it was a little bit of a mix um to be honest um i mean i had a healthy mindset of what the church was yeah and and that's that in that sense and um my faith was strong but as you know i mean just because you're a pk doesn't mean you don't struggle with stuff right right so yeah i wasn't perfect and i I had my ups and downs yeah i think uh a big a big uh point in my life in my spiritual life was um, I had met Courtney at this point, and um, I had to have my own realization of who Jesus was to me. Sure. Because I know who Jesus was yep. um, from what my parents were telling me yeah. and, and growing up and, and that kind of thing. But I had to have my own revelation of who he was For to sure. me. And that happened um, when I was young, when I was in my early 20s. And, okay. And I, I'll never forget the night. It was actually in a youth service. Okay. And God just wrecked me. And... and um, just showed me um, a new type of passion and a new yeah. type of love for him. And, yeah. And since then, I've just been running towards him. Awesome. Blessed. That's amazing. And now you get that opportunity to be a pastor to people in your that, that you were impacted at your age. Isn't that funny how that works? You're like, yeah. you almost get to pay it forward in the eternal sense of just everything that's happening. And so, okay, so here's here's the heartbeat of this podcast is – I grew up in church like my parents were deacons of the church that we grew up in. So we were pretty similar. We're like we're the first ones in, the last ones yep, out. Yep. We're the ones that shut the lights off and locked the doors. And I also went to a private school, had Bible classes, all this stuff. So the Bible became a historical book uh, in its context where I've heard all the stories. I've heard all these different things. But it became like a history book, yeah, you know, yeah. where it's almost like American history. Like, yeah. I just need to know the facts to be able to move on. But then um, it didn't become alive until much, much later. And my goal and my heart behind this is almost to bring humanity back into the podcast. And so I'm interested as we get ready to talk about the story that you chose, how you have viewed the Bible, because you've been around it your whole entire life. You know, and you talked about like your your parents are pastors. I think even your extended families are pastors. Yep. Like so, so being a pastor can become a professional thing very quickly and very easily. Yeah. And being sons of pastors, you know, you almost can have this assurance of knowledge, so to speak, uh, of of what you know. Well, it's because I just know this, but it's almost like a rule book or something like you don't touch this because this is the scriptures and you don't dare question the scriptures and not to question scriptures, but like, you know, every person in this Bible is, was a person, 
Right. You know, if you think about it, like like how you and I are people alive, that's what was happening back then. And to bring that sort of humanity back into it, my goal is to get us from point A to point B. Maybe it's going to take a little bit longer to get there as we talk through these things of what would we do if we were in that setting, but come to the same conclusion. And so what was what was the Bible like to you growing up? Was it just like yeah, what was it? Yeah, so I think I think we went to a really uh, great church growing up and so our kids pastors were amazing and so they really brought the stories to life. Yeah. And so did you um, grow up in the puppet era? Is oh, the... absolutely. <laughs> we had puppets every Sunday. I'm not kidding. Were you on the puppet team? I feel like you could be captain of the puppet team. Actually, I wasn't really on the puppet team. Um, I went back there every once in a while sure. after service to mess yeah. around, but they didn't trust me back there. That's where you know? that's where your PK qualities came out of, yeah. of being mischievous is yeah, behind the puppet scene. Yeah, because I would get scene. into puppet fights, and then <laughs> you know, it wasn't good. But no, we that's had funny. puppets every week. They were yeah. great. Yeah, of course. So, okay, so yeah, so you're saying every every stage, you know, you knew the value of the Bible. Yeah. You knew the stories of it. Um, but like you said, when you were in youth, there was a revelation that took place. And what do you think caused that revelation to come alive in you where you realize it's not just the things that I, you know, get to do, but I have to do it in order to have this true experience of who Jesus is? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to just... Uh, seeking after God mm-hmm. I think uh, as you seek after him um, you're bound to find him and, yeah and I mean I knew who he was and I had a strong relationship yeah. with him but I think um, as you get older you change a little bit right and so I wasn't the teenager right that I used to be and I, yep. you know I, I was starting to become a young adult yeah and I needed I needed uh, as I was changing I needed to feel uh, something different in yeah. my faith, and I needed to dig deeper in my faith and just get a new revelation of who God was to me. Right. So it'd be that time where it finally just kind of like it clicked for you, yeah. and you—it's yep. not that you ever deviated. You no. you were you struggled like all humans yeah, struggle. Yeah, for sure, I wasn't perfect. But it was one of those real where you realize I can't stay the same. Yep. You know, because if you stay the same, then you respond the same. You the results are the same, and you never grow, and you never you know, get better. Um, and so I think that's an interesting take as people, you know, are always wondering, how do I, you know, hear God more? How do I grow in my faith? How do I do all these different things? Well, if you're doing the same thing that you were, you know, yeah. as a teenager yeah. and you're an adult, how, cause at, at this time recording it, Josiah, how old are you again? I'm 33. 33. Okay. Yeah. So if you did the same devotionals at 33 that you did when you were 18, I would say no duh that you haven't grown. You know what right. I mean? And so yeah. so many people are like shocked when they don't feel like there's growth in their spiritual walk because they've done the same thing for years. Yeah, that's good. You know, and so um so okay, Josiah, as we're jumping in, uh what what's the story that you brought for us today? So I brought the Red Sea party. Oh um, yeah. I just love that story and uh you know, just doing the impossible like you think of yeah water partying like it just doesn't happen, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. I could say I that. I mean, yeah, I've never seen it. I mean, but you know, it's just a crazy story, and just to uh, highlight that and bring that story to life. Yeah, um, I thought it'd be a great. 
thing oh, to do today. There, there's going to be some good banter going on. I can already tell. And so we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, Josiah is going to read, and it's found in Exodus 14, and we're going to start in verse 13. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. And so uh, let's get ready for that. All right, we are back. And like I said before the break, we are going to be reading the story of Moses crossing the Red Sea, found in Exodus 14, uh, starting in verse 13. So, Josiah, take it away. All right. Uh, Verse 13, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea And all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Man, that's crazy. (laughs) The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horsemen and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud in the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of the chariots so that they had difficulty driving, and the Egyptians said, Let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back into its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord, swept, the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army and Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived, but the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. Man. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and Moses, his servant. Yikes. That story is bonkers. I know. that. Uh, I'm so glad that you brought this story to us. Um, okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to take uh, our 2021 thoughts our background, all this type of stuff, and we're going to put it into the story. 
So we're going to read through the characters of the okay. story, and we're going to ask the question, what would we do if we were in that situation? Yeah. Um, and so we're going to start right away uh, with Moses. So Moses right now is stuck between a hypothetical rock and a hard place, <laughs> you know, because uh, what's not read is the journey that Moses had to go through uh, in order to get to the spot where he's at when we start in verse 13. Um, do you want to share a little bit of what what's happening so far, like up to verse 13? What's the pre-context behind this? Yeah, so um, Moses actually going a little bit further back uh, was a baby and his mom had to get rid of him because they were looking to kill the baby boys. Yep. And so put him in a basket, float down the river, and uh, got picked up by uh, Pharaoh's daughter. Yep. And um, ended up basically being adopted into royalty. Right. Um, as he grew up, he just saw what was going on, mm-hmm. and, and he ended up coming across uh, one of the Israelites getting... Um, Treated badly, yeah. And so he's like, "No, nah, that's not yeah, happening." Yeah, not my watch. So he ended up killing killing one of the Egyptians, and he's like, "I got to bounce." This yeah, because his own people turned on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, "I'm out. I'm dipping." Yeah. So he he dips and he kind of does his own thing for a while, and uh, the Lord speaks to him through yep. a burning bush. Yeah, which is another crazy. Well, that's story. another crazy and story so, in itself. Yeah. Um, but it's like, hey, go free my people. Yeah. And so. He goes back, tells Pharaoh, you know, and Pharaoh's not having it. Right. And um, God sends plagues yep. after plague after plague. Pharaoh still is like, no, I'm not letting go. Yeah. And then uh, finally um, Pharaoh's son dies. Yeah, all the firstborn, the last yeah. plague, all the firstborn die. And that's where, I mean, again, we can't, we don't have time to do it, but that's where the creation of Passover, you know, the the – you know the hype, the bloodshed of the pure lamb, all of those like hyperlink points to to the Messiah, like all that stuff is happening right there. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. So Pharaoh's son just died. Yep, and then at that point, Pharaoh's like, "All right, just take him." Yeah, you know, and like enough's enough. Pure grief. Him. Yeah, so he takes him, and then as as uh, Moses takes him, Pharaoh's like, "No, nah, you know what." I don't want them to leave. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because Pharaoh's like, wait a minute. I just sent away all of my work. Yeah. He, like, you he, know, he was probably like it was like Monday morning. And he's yeah. like, all right, let's get some work done. And, <laughs> his and coffee. Ma- like, his his Mr. Pharaoh coffee maker just got done brewing. And he's sipping his coffee. And he's like, where are all my workers? And they're like, you let him go. And he's like, I did what? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Had to go get him. Yeah. So then. um, Yeah. So all of, you know, all of. Pharaoh's horsemen and all of Pharaoh's men <laughs> um, was going, at, including Pharaoh, was running after the Israelites. So they're basically stuck between the Red Sea and then the Egyptians coming after them, yep. which is bonkers. And so <clears throat> if I were the uh, Israelites, um, t- to say that I would have a moment of panic would probably be the greatest understatement in my life. Because now I'm looking at the situation of being like, cool, so I can either drown or I can get killed by the Egyptians. Right. What's worse? It's kind of like the question that I'm that I'm asking if I were the Israelites because they're stuck. Uh, and then and so all of a sudden Moses makes this claim and says, don't don't fear, guys. Stand up. Uh, stand by the sea. There's salvation for the Lord is accompanying you today. Uh, and the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Um, and so 
all of a sudden Moses had to come up with this like leadership moment. And has, have there been a time, have there been any times in your life where you've been in a moment where you're just like, Holy smokes. Number one, how'd I get here? And then number two, how am I going to respond to this? Almost like with Moses, like he's doing what God called him to do and told him to do. And now he's stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily have a specific uh, time in my life, but there's been several times and moments in my life where I feel like this is what God is calling yeah, me yeah. to do. Yep. But it, it doesn't look the way I thought it was going to look. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel the way I thought right. it was going to feel. And did I, did I make the wrong decision? Right. Am I, am I where I should be? Yeah. And I think in the, in those moments, if I'm being uh, raw yeah. and vulnerable, I think in those moments it's easy to be like, well, God, where are you? A hundred percent. No. Yeah. Are you going to show up? Because I know who you are. I know, I know what your word says, right. but I don't see you. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I got the enemy coming <laughs> one way and the water is yep. definitely not going anywhere. Right. So what am I supposed to do? What? Yeah. You trapped me. You tricked me. Like, did you trip, trick me? Did I make a wrong move? Like, what's this? And so, so he says these things. And then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. I love that because it's almost like God's like, what, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I just told you to keep going forward. Why are you stopping? You know, and and it's funny because the God of the universe asks a simple question in his mind to a bunch of, you know, <laughs> humans <laughs> that don't logically think sometimes. Because if I was Moses and I saw the Red Sea, I would have stopped too because I've been like, oh, there's a giant sea there. And I'm going to assume not everyone of Israel knows how to swim. Yeah. Logical question and logical statement. And so we're like trying to rah-rah these people into not doubting God. And then God's all of a sudden asking this question is like, what are you doing? I didn't tell you to stop. I told you to move forward and be right. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I God really didn't have time to take swimming lessons because <laughs> they were too busy getting fear of coffee. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and they doing all sorts of other stuff. Seriously. And, uh, and so then he says these things and he goes, all right, fine. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to lift your staff, uh, and stretch out your hand over the sea and then you're going to divide it. Again, I just number one, I want to know what it was like uh, for Moses to hear God, because I think for us right now, when like we have God with us through the Holy Spirit right now. But when you have like God, the first half or the first third triune God with you and it says that he spoke to Moses, like what did that number one sound like? Number two, what did that feel like? Like. Is it just an, was it, you know, how we have our own thoughts and we're like, is this God or is this not God? Like, was there a clear distinction of this was God or what? Because if I had the thought, hey, maybe I should just like, you know, you have the Holy Spirit little like, hey, instead of, you know, open that door for the person. Hey, stretch out your hands and lift your staff and then the water will split open. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think in that moment I'd be like. I think I would be like, all right, well, it's worth a try. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Like, there, what, el- what else are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. So I'd, I'd probably lift it, you know. Yeah. But I don't know how how uh, certain I'd be that something's going to happen, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think in that moment I would I would try it, but – I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be tough in those in those moments, you know what I mean? For sure. No, um, and I 
And I, yeah. I also think that um, a lot of times, you know, we're talking about our lives and, and, you know, do we, do we feel like we're stuck? I think sometimes what we need to realize is that your position is on purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, When Pharaoh let the people go, uh, he didn't, God didn't lead them down the road through the Philistine country, um, although it would have been shorter. Right. Um, But they would have faced war, you know? Yeah. And, and he didn't lead them uh, the other side because there was no enemies on the, the other the other way, but there would have been no enemies for the Egyptians either right. to chase them down. So I think going through the sea was the only way that was going to um, keep their path from chasing them down. Yeah, because even as Moses, he was like, this is the logical placement because of X, Y, and Z, like you just said. Um, and so all of a sudden then Moses gets told to lift the hand or lift the staff, lift your hand over the sea and, and then divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the, on dry land. And, um, and I love it. Then he, God gives Moses this reassurance. He goes, and as for me, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after you. Cool. Thanks God. Like appreciate yeah. that. They're going to keep going. Um, so that they will go after you and I will be honored through Pharaoh and all of his armies through his chariots and his horsemen. Um, then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord and I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and through his horsemen. So all of a sudden then the angel of God who had been going before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them and the pillar of cloud. So that's, that would have been crazy. If you're an Israelite, think of that. So you're just kind of like, you're seeing a sea behind you. You're seeing um, the, you know, Egyptians coming at you. And then all of a sudden you see this, when this pillar of cloud yeah. just come out of nowhere. That would have been nuts. And I think before, even before that moment, I, I can't imagine, or I can only imagine that some of them were like, tell Moses, let's go a different way. Let's, oh, right. Let's do something. Let's yes. get out of here. We're stuck. Yeah. You know, but I think, I think that's oftentimes the devil wants you to uh, fight to get out of the place you're in. Right. But what if the place you're in is not meant to be a place of escape, but a place of assignment? You know what I mean? That's true. Totally. And I think many times we would look at our circumstances and we would say, what caused me to get here? And often if we would try to say that every single day we want to be obedient to what God's calling us to do, there are going to be times in our lives that our obedience will bring us to places that we didn't expect. And you even mentioned that earlier is there were many paths that you took that you said, ah, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Oh, this wasn't how I was anticipating it to, to feel like, look like, or even, you know, the results of it. But I guess if God, you are in control, I'm going to trust you um, regardless of <laughs> how I feel and how it looks. Yeah. And so when we look at this story, so the is, so again, if I were an Israelite, I would, I don't, I, I feel like the Israelites would fall into three categories. Um, and I have no backing behind this, but the doubters, the haters, yep. and the faithful, yeah. those are the three that I feel like they could be. So the doubters are the people that were like, what is he doing? Like yeah. he just led us straight to a lake and this is like absurd. The haters would have been like, you know, the people that you'll hear later on in, in the stories of being like, it was better for us to be in Egypt. At least we got fed. At least we got yeah. clothed. At least we, you know, um, what are you doing, Moses? And then the faithful are just the people that just are waiting. I think almost like waiting for Moses to say something yeah. like they're not going to think about anything 
because they're following the leader. No, no pun intended. But uh, and so so those three are probably broken up. I'd like to say that I would fall to the faithful, but I'm probably I would probably my brain would probably fall to the doubter to the doubter. Yeah, and I, I think I've been all three of those at different points. In right. Life, you know. I think yeah. We all have. Yeah, I get cynical when I don't understand things. That's what I've come to realize. I don't, like, there's a part of me where I'll say, like, what is happening? But I won't usually get to, like, anger. Um, but I'll just get to, like, I could have done this better. Yeah, <laughs> you I, know? I don't think I've ever seen you angry. So. It's there. Um, uh, it's. I just learned to hide it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're pretty good at hiding it. I appreciate that. With me. Yeah, at least with you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> never done that. Uh, but no, and I think it's something to where as you learn, as you grow and you mature, you realize at the grand scheme of things when it's, you know, like you you ask the questions like, is this actually a big deal or not? Yeah. Like you said, you had a six-year-old. How old are the other two boys? Four and then almost two. Four and two. Like I have a eight at the time, eight, seven, and then almost 19 months. And, oh, 19 months actually yesterday. Um, and... There's many times where I'll ask this question, is is this a big deal or is this a small deal that you're making a big deal? Yeah, so you're saying you're going to just let them have the purple cup this time? Exactly, right? Uh, but sometimes, you know, they want the purple cup with the purple bowl and it's a big deal that yeah. I'm, you know, and they'll just oh, get. I know what you're talking yeah. about, for sure. And so in many times that I'm looking at this, now this is, I would conclude this as a big deal to see that there's an Egyptian army coming at me as well as a seed to kind of a big deal. yeah i would say yeah. it's not as significant as the purple cup to the purple bowl but it's yeah. pretty up there yeah <laughs> i mean yeah because some of them those bowls and plates you know it's like it's like life and death it's oh it's yeah like i gotta have it absolutely and Paw patrol on it <laughs> we're we gotta have it yeah you gotta you gotta but next to that yeah this is kind of a big deal yeah the the Red Sea and everything. Right. And so I, I would probably have, have begun to question my leader in this moment. And so, and if I were Moses, I would begin to question myself too. You know, like For you sure. said, did I do the right thing? Should I have gone? Would we have lasted longer battling a na- another nation? Would we have lasted longer not having a backing and gone the other way? Like I would have began to doubt the things that I'm doing. But then Moses just went to obedience mode and he stretched out his hands over the sea and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind. Now, I want to take a pause real quick. Uh, This uh, the same. Here's what I love. The same east wind is the same wind uh, that calmed the waters in creation. Yeah. Which is amazing. Like this is the representation of the Holy Spirit, like the spirit of God, like moving on this thing, which is which is awesome. It wasn't just like a random breeze that came out because, um, you know, that's what the the weather was. This was God blasting the sea back. And um, and it said back by the strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. Now, that's an interesting thing, because when I envision the story. You know, we grew up in Sunday school, all this kind of stuff. When you envision a story, it was like immediate. The, the, the sea split, but it said all night. Yeah. And so all night this is happening. But then remember on your other side, you've got the the wind of God with the pillar that's yeah. distracting the Egyptians. So I didn't even think about this until now. It's like, man, that's a, that's a long time. Yeah. All and, night is a long time. Yeah, and I, I think it kind of goes back to people's position. I think their position – it was part of a process, you know. Yeah. And 
And a lot of times we want breakthrough right away. Right. Like, let's just part this thing and yep. get over there. Um, but, see, trees don't break through as trees. They break through as twigs, right? Yep. And how often do we walk right on top of our breakthrough? Because we expect it to be bigger. Mm. And we're, we're stepping right on our breakthrough. Yeah. And that, because we don't even see it. That's a right great – again, because it's perspective. Yeah. It's like – and I think even, too, as you look at – um, some of the previous episodes that I've done, we talked about the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus praying the prayer, not my will, but your will be done. And how many times have we looked at our will to be something more grand than in what reality it's going to be? Yeah. But like you said, instead of walking and receiving it, you've walked over it or you've stepped on it and didn't even realize it. And so they're in this process now where it's all day the seas parting. And again, if I were an Israelite, I would be like, well, and I'm wondering even too, why was it at night? Was it at night? Because they didn't see it because it was dark. This is another question that I have. Like, why was it at night? Um, is it because if they saw it happen during the day, what, um, you know, faith wouldn't be there. Was it because the Egyptians saw the pillar of fire or the pillar of wind that took place and they rested you know, because maybe there was a storm, so they're like, there's no point in doing this, so I'm going to rest. We're like, is that why they were resting, yeah. allowing the time for it to split? Like, these are the things that as I'm rereading things, this it's is what goes through my head. Like, it, why is this happening? Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I think for me personally, and I could be wrong, but because I wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. I was still. A, a twinkle in twinkle the Lord's in, eye. In God's eye. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I think in my head, I just process that and think like, well, maybe if it wasn't dark, the enemy would see what's going on. Yeah. And I think oftentimes in our lives, uh, it might seem dark, but God is guiding us along the way. Mm-hmm. And it's dark so that the enemy doesn't see what we're doing and what God has up his sleeve. Yeah. And when when we come out of that, the enemy is left in the dark and he has no idea what's right. happened. But God had a plan the whole way. And so I think as I read that story i just think that god was uh making a way in the dark and the enemy was blindsided yeah yeah it's crazy and so all those things are are happening and then um and so then it was almost and so do you think it was they started walking immediately when the split was taking place or did they um what did they wait until they saw the whole opening like how do you think it was. I mean, I think there would probably be a few of them that would have been running yeah. as fast as they could as soon as there was a little bit of dry once, ground. Yeah, once they picked up their jaw off the floor. Yeah, <laughs> and I think there is probably some of them that would have been like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Susie Q go first, yeah. <laughs> and if she gets swallowed up by that water, I'm gonna stay yeah. here." Yeah, 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 but exactly. But if Susie Q starts making it, then I'm following her. Th- then I'm, then I'm running. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And I think I love the detail too of the story where it goes. Let her uh, be the guinea pig. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then it said, um, where did it? Uh, the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land. That's twice now they said dry land. And the waters were like a wall to them on their right and on their left. Man, like, again, how my imagination works is I can imagine it looking like an aquarium. Yeah. You know, because you see the sea split. Do you see fish that are like swimming? For sure. You see fish. Yeah, sharks, whales, shark, whales, sea turtles, sea maybe not. I guess it's it's probably salt water. I would imagine. So whatever survives in that. Yeah. My son would know. He's big on 
oceanography right now. Um, but, you know, that would be nuts. Like, did, And also, when the fish would swim, would it pop out? Or would it be like there's an invisible wall where the fish can't fall out of the walls of sea? That's a good question. I never thought about that. I mean, yeah, th- there might have been an invisible wall where the yeah. fish were like, I ain't going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there also could have been a couple of times where maybe some people got slapped in the face by a fish, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, all of what, a sudden. What is, what's going on here? Yeah, I bet you uh, the dude who let Susie Q go first got slapped in the yeah, face with a fish. Yeah, was like, you know what, you judged her and you were going to let her uh, <laughs> drown down there. Here, here's a <laughs> he got, fish He got fish slapped. Absolutely, I bet you. And his name was probably Todd. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> whatever the Hebrew name for Todd is. Um, and so then uh, they're walking through this thing. And I would almost be like they would walk – they would probably walk with a hustle to him, but also in like an awe. Yeah. A hustled awe would yeah, be like – be moving fast but being like – I got to take this in because I yeah. don't know when the next time I'm going to see this is. Exactly, for sure. And and all these things were happening. And then um, – and so so the wall to the right and their left. And then the Egyptian uh, – Egyptians. Uh, the Egyptians, goodness, uh, took up the pursuit and the and then took happen. So, again, here's how I imagine it is like the pillar is distracting the Egyptians. They start crossing. And, I, and you'd almost think like dramatically be like halfway – they're all crossing the Red Sea halfway through, and the pillar's like, that's good enough, you know? And so then all of a sudden the chariot's like, go. And they're like, go time now. Like, coming at them, probably double the double the speed, double the anger, all this stuff. And um, and then uh, the Egyptians took up the pursuit, and all the Pharaoh's horses and the chariots and his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. And then it says, at the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through. And in my study notes, I have the uh, the morning watch was the last of three, four-hour night watches, which is between 2 and 6 a.m. Uh, that ended around sunrise. So around 2 to 6 a.m., this is kind of taking place enough where I can just imagine again, Lord of the Rings-esque. Gandalf comes on the top of, uh, oh, uh, shoot, what's in the two towers? What's the... I can't help you here. I, don't, I didn't watch it. Oh, shoot. Um, Helm's Deep, that's what it is. So, like, at the last moment, daybreak, then hope comes through a shining white wizard. Now, obviously, it's not happening, but I'm explaining two towers. But then it's, like, at, at sunrise. Yeah. It's, like, the pharaohs, like, pharaoh and his army are running, you know, on the chariots, and then it's like one guy stops and hears this like <laughs> when it looks over and it just sees the walls collapse of the sea. And he's like, What? <laughs> and did, did your mom ever tell you nothing good happens after midnight like my mom did? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the teenagers being like, Hey, mom, remember what you told me? Nothing good ever happens after midnight. Well, yep. check this out. Yeah, check, check out what happened to Billy. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> next week I'm going out at 2 in the morning. Yeah, this is cool. This is crazy. And so uh, so then all of a sudden the, the walls start coming down at morning watch, Lord, and the Philistines, the pillar of fire and clouds that brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. And I love it. He's like he caused their chariot wheels to swerve, and he made them drive with difficulty so that the Egyptians said, let us flee. Right. There were people who went to Pharaoh and were like, we've got to go like God is on their side. Like non-believers of God were like, 
we've got to get out of here because yeah. this God is there. But what's interesting is Pharaoh's heart was so hard. And you mentioned the um, the plagues that took pay, uh, yep. took place prior to Pharaoh finally saying yes. And if you get the chance to read through those things, you'll notice that after every plague, um, maybe maybe it doesn't say this after every plague, but it will it will show that Pharaoh's heart gets harder. Like, and there was times where God allowed Pharaoh's heart to get hard, and people have asked me like, why would God allow that? happen you know why would god let pharaoh's heart get hard and what they what people a lot of times don't realize is that i think the first five plagues moses was like you need to repent and you need to honor god and and pharaoh's like nope i'm not going to do it and i'm wondering if there's a there's a time where god realizes that's a weird way to say it because god's you know omnipotent yeah yeah and so Knowing that God, God knowing that um, no one's going to turn, he just goes, well, I'm going to make it about my purpose then. Fine. I'm going to harden your heart, and this is what's going to happen. So the anger of Pharaoh went so much so that the logic was thrown out the window. Yeah. And, you know, Pharaoh's army was even like, we got to get out of here. And Pharaoh's like, nope, we're like he had like the red eyeballs like he was yeah he was mad he was mad and he was ready to go uh but then all of a sudden you know chariots are swerving or i can imagine horses freaking out yeah. like you know doing all these type of things and chaos was happening uh and then so obviously they get to the other side and then god told Moses, hey take your staff your arm and close it on up which and so, uh, but we're gonna take a real quick break prior to talking about the conclusion of this, and so uh, we will be back in a short break. All right, we are back, and uh, before the break, we mentioned that God called Moses once they finished uh, passing the Red Sea. Um, then God told him, Hey, stretch out your hands again. And, and so again, if you were Moses or the Israelites, you just crossed the Red Sea, uh, you're on the other side, which in that sense is a miracle. I would have been like, how the heck did this happen? Right. You know? And then now you look back and you, it's daylight now. So you can see what you've done. Um, and you see the Egyptians in mass chaos. Right, their chariots aren't working. Uh, their horses are probably going crazy. People are trying to encourage Pharaoh to get out of there. Yeah. Like, what would you feel like if you were the Israelites once you crossed the Red Sea? Man, I would, I would feel a huge sense of victory. Yeah. Relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and almost uh, just a new sense of love for God. Yes. You know, like wow, appreciation. Like, I can't believe you did that for me. Yep. Yeah, you and the, like we said earlier, you had the probably the doubters, the haters, and the faithful. And the doubters were probably like, "Shoot, I'm so sorry." You know, like yeah. I'm so sorry for doubting you. The haters would have been like, "Well, thank goodness." You know, almost yeah, like the I'm little so glad. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously the faithful would be like, "I knew it the whole time." They'd be poking at the other two people, be like, yeah. "I told you," you know. Yeah. Um, so now Moses like turns, and he sees the chaos, and God's like, "All right, listen, shut her down." Basically, is what he's saying. Yeah. He's like, stretch out your hand. Um, 
over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak. While the Egyptians were fleeing right into them, the Lord overthrew the Egyptians uh, in the midst of the sea. So it was almost like they realized they needed to turn back. And there was like this like Jedi force push of like and brought them back to the middle to just get submerged into it. I'm kind of picturing uh, if you watch Home Alone when yeah. they're on the the line and they're trying to get across to the other side, and then he, I think he is about to cut it or yes. something. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Go back, go back, go, go back, back, go back." <laughs> I'm picturing the Israelites saying, "Go back, go back." Yeah, go yeah. Back. Uh, or the Egyptians, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so all of a sudden, that was taking place, uh, and then the line. Here's what's crazy, and this is again why I love the Bible. If people say it's boring, they they're admitting they never read it. Uh, it said um, the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea and the waters were like the walls to the right and their left. Um, where'd it go? Um, oh, here it is. Uh, verse 28. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. And I think you said that it um, they were like were shown on the seashore yeah. like dead. Yeah. Which is crazy. Can you imagine if you're, again, you're the Israelites and you're just watching this whole thing play out and they get swallowed up by the sea and you're like, holy smokes. Like you're in awe of that whole thing. But then all of a sudden the tide comes and spits out a dead Egyptian. Right. And you're like, whoa. You're like, oh, I just got that guy coffee last week. Yeah, he's floating yeah. at my feet. Right, like, and you I'm know? even wondering too. Like, did the Israelites have this sense of like good? You know what I mean? Like, almost like a little bitterness. Yeah, I uh, mean, I think that would be normal a little yeah. bit as a human to be right. like, oh, well, that that's yeah, what you get. But then I think it would immediately change to like, wow. Yes. God, thank you. Yeah. Just appreciative and grateful. A hundred percent. Because even like you joked about it, like, I just got that guy coffee last week or whatever. But it was probably like that dude just whipped me last week. Yeah. Yeah, I I was was trying to be nice. I know you were trying to be nice. But but in the in the reality of it, it's like they were getting beat. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. You know, horrible. Horrible things. Yeah. I would have I probably would have been like the you know, I would have gone up to the. You know, the, you know the phrase, don't kick a dead horse. Uh, yeah. I would have kicked a dead Egyptian probably, yeah. knowing that that person probably inflicted pain on someone that I knew, if not myself. Right. Uh, right. But, but you're right. I probably would have turned real fast to God's faithfulness. You would have gotten one really strong kick in and then, <laughs> and then yeah. switched gears. But then it probably would have twitched and then I would have freaked out. Um, <laughs> but then, and we'll, we won't get to it, but then the next chapter, you know, is all about Moses does a song. Uh, glorifying God. It's the first worship song that's, I think, recorded, if I remember correctly, uh, through all those different things. And so then it said in verse 30, Thus the Lord saved Israel and the day from the hands of the Egyptians. Uh, when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. And now this is like not fear, boo, I'm going to scare you, but this is like fear, like in reverence honor at the truest sense of the thing and i would have been like yes because of what i just witnessed i will follow this god wherever he goes because i just watched what happened to them and there's a moment where you're almost like i don't want this to happen to me you know exactly um and so so josiah as we're concluding this story 
Um, what are some highlights or maybe like last points that you have that you that you want to give as we get ready to wrap up the story? Yeah, um, I, I thought it was really interesting. One of the things you were reading when you said that the Israelites crossed over on dry ground. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think of uh, water yeah. and stuff, you would think that it would be uh, mud, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, wet, yep. you know. Um, but they went through the sea on dry ground. And I don't think God made it dry just because he didn't want them to walk, drag through the muck and the mud. Right. Um, I believe he dried it because he wanted them to get to their next season and not have the stain of the last season when mm. they got there. You know, yeah, and, and I think so many times in our lives, um, God doesn't just want us to get through a season, a tough season. Yeah, He doesn't want us to just drag through it and and still have stains of our yep. last season on there that follow us into our next season. But He He wants us to um, move forward into our next season clean. Yes, and and redemption and mm-hmm. and just victory and right so we don't have to worry about our past right we can just move forward and yep. all god has for us no and i think that's true so true and that's a good word because that's what salvation is like yeah. salvation is not when you when you say yes to jesus as lord and savior and the you know the blood of the lamb is poured over you it's like the stain of your past self is gone yeah. Like it's not even. It's this, not going to follow you. To yeah. The future. It's not like um, a bad grass stain where you thought you got it and it's that and you quite didn't and it's still there. Like you can still see the faded green. Like yeah. it's gone completely. And I think many of us have that same sort of mentality towards, like you said, um, the relationship with God is like I am. I'm still. A, I'm still a bad person, but thank God for you know salvation. When it's right. like no 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 no, you're not. And and I've heard this before. I've said this before. You're not a 2.0 version of yourself. It's like you are a brand new person that's not you. So it's not Josiah 2.0. It's not Matt 2.0, but it's a brand new who we were supposed to be. And, yes, we have sense of humanity still in us, so we will be flawed and do all those different things. But as we come to an acknowledgement that God is greater, like we saw in the story, God is the God that can part the seas. God is the God that can close the seas. God is the God that can take, you know, years and years and years of of slavery and and be free like god can do anything and when we acknowledge that man we're in a greater road so to speak but yeah we don't have the blemish of the old and as you go later in the story you see that the israelites wanted to go back so many times when things got hard they wanted to go back to their old ways they thought slavery was better than freedom um and and so Man, that's a great word for someone that's hearing this to remind them this is not like you are not called to be a quasi stained individual. Like through Jesus, we can be clean as a whistle. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, Josiah, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I loved it. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. And so, if you have any questions uh, about the story that we talked about, maybe something came to your mind and you want to hear about it or answer it you can email me at wwidpodpod at gmail.com and thank you again so much for taking a listen to the podcast i hope you enjoyed it i hope it spurred you on and we will see you next time as we ask another uh question what would i do